And speaking of heaven, you know, Rosie has the touch of heaven on her life. And I know she's got a word from God for us this morning. So please take your seats. Uh, Rosie's going to talk. And then Pastor Mark, my dad and our network leader, is going to wrap it up. And I'm going to go have some fun at Kids Church. Don't have too much fun in here without us. And um, thank you, Rosie. Thanks, Sarah. Awesome. How awesome in the worship team. I know. Give, let's give them a hand. Yeah. I know that, um, you know, even, you know, our heart, like, you know, I'm part of the team. I know our heart is just to see, uh, create a space for you guys to actually encounter the presence of God. And, um, yeah, I know these guys put a lot of work into just seeking God's heart for the church and, you know, just direction. And, um, yeah. And I'm just going to share this morning. Um, I'm actually going to recap a little bit. But um, before I share... I said to Dean this morning, um, we were talking in the car, he's going to be like, oh gosh, Rosie, shut your mouth. Um, no, not, not like that. But um, we were just saying some random things. Anyway, I said to him, um, oh, it's just, I said, I was really excited this week because um, when I went to Coles, I didn't have to remember to bring a bag and like a plastic bag. And I was so excited because I said to him, um, like, I get the whole landfill thing and I actually think it's an awesome thing. And I do, I great, good, but when I'm going to Woolies, I keep forgetting to bring a jolly bag and I have to pay a certain amount to get a bag and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to bring a bag and I don't care about paying for a bag, but it's just the fact that I think, I said to him, I reckon one day we're going to open the boot of our car and it's just going to be full of bags because I just keep forgetting to bring them and then there's going to be so many. Anyway, I thought Coles was like still doing plastic bags and he goes, oh yeah, they're finishing it tomorrow for Coles. I was like, oh, damn it. Anyway, that was my bit of a moment of like, oh gosh. Anyway, focus. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, Josh shared a great message about seasons. And um, the following week, Sarah shared a great message about Barnabas and, and a few other things that she shared on. But um, I'm just going to do a recap of a couple of points um, from what they both shared and follow on by sharing about focus. Um, this might not make sense yet, but as I unpack it, hopefully um, you'll get a clearer picture um, my hope today is that you're encouraged for the journey ahead. And as I share some helpful keys that will help you along the way, I just, you know, I just pray that that will just help you just have focus on the direction God has ahead for you um, to find yourself with a clearer focus. And for me, I know sometimes I can get distracted and lose focus, like I did with <laughs> this morning's story. Uh, and yes, anyway, <laughs> thanks, guys, for laughing at me. Um, Josh's word on seasons, I just want to recap a couple of things that he said, um, which was really awesome, and uh, that says, the past doesn't determine your future, but the past can help shape it. It's a new day, a new season. What has happened in your past doesn't have to define your future, because God is bigger than your past. But what we've learned in our past can help shape who we are in the future and help people who are in similar situations, to help them through that from drawing from the experiences of our past and that it doesn't determine who we are in God. So he talked about winter seasons, and you know, it's winter at the moment, and um, 1st of July today, so nearly getting through it a bit more. <laughs> um, but in winter, he was sharing about what you see, and he, say, he, um, he said that he Googled, and asked Sarah as well, you know, what, what in the winter season, like, what do you, why do you see clearer? And um, it says in winter, you can see clearer and further. We see further because there is less humidity in the air. I looked it up after he spoke and um, it says that in winter, as there is less amount of water vapor in the air, there'll be less reflection of light, giving a clear view. So at night, we can see the stars clearer in winter. There's a greater clarity that we see in winter. And as we see further, you can also hear further. So sound 
in winter travels further, which is awesome and pretty cool. But, you know, sometimes, you know, even though hard seasons, even though we go through hard seasons, we come out of it with a greater clarity and we see and hear clearer. So, you know, there's a purpose for every season. And in the winter season, it may be hard, but we actually come out of it with a greater clarity and a greater, we actually see and hear clearer. So um, I'm just going to share a little bit about um, some of my story. And I know I've shared it a little bit before, but I just want to share, touch on it a little bit again. And um, just about a season for me that was hard and it felt like a winter season, but also how I came out of it, with just with a clearer picture and a clearer mind and a clearer sight for what was ahead. So about a year ago, I came to the end of a couple of years battle with depression. Um, I found it so hard to see that there would be an end point while it, when I was in that place. My mind was not in a healthy place and felt like a tangled web. I think that's the only way I sort of can explain it. It just felt like my mind was just, there was this thought here, this thought there, this thought there, and it just kept going, 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 and I just spiralled into, into a dark place. And I felt like I couldn't get out of it on my own. Um, during that time, God used people in my life, psychologists, um, friends, pastors, leaders, to help me just untangle those thoughts and untangle those lies and work out, I guess, where they came from and, and even just how to then move forward. Because um, I was stuck and I was in a place where I actually didn't see clearly and I couldn't, um, yeah, I just, I wasn't myself and it was hard to be myself because I was so bound by these lies. Um, it was so hard to truly rest. Um, I know when I had days off or had holidays, my mind would be in so much turmoil, even when I had a day off or went away. It was hard to rest my mind because it was still going and going and going and going and going. So my, like I was not finding rest in myself and just, yeah, it was just hard. And I would literally question everything and overthink everything I said. My mind would turn everything to a negative. And so that's where in that moment um, through you know, different people speaking to my life and through psychologists just taught me how to shift my focus from the negative to a positive. And my mind was so trained from, well, I guess not tr well, trained in the sense of I picked up from when I was young, thought patterns that had been so instilled in me that I, you know, it was hard to break at that time because I was thinking negatively and I was always going to the negative option or the negative thought that it was so hard to undo that I needed to actually stop and let allow people in my life to help okay where's that negative thought come from and, and untangle that and go through that process and um, I came out of that season with a greater clarity and focus and learned to recognize that thought the thought patterns that were unhealthy and undo them going through it was a process and I know I've shared before um, sometimes I find I'll just want a quick fix like you know I'll okay this is what I'm struggling with how do I fix it quick but it was actually it was something that I needed to let allow God to just bring me through slowly through a journey of actually just undoing one pattern undoing the other pattern undoing the other pattern undoing the other pattern and um, you know in, in a lot of ways through that season um, I also had to learn to trust and rely on God in a way that I've never thought before because I felt like it was hard to get out of that place. But I also know that, I, like I knew God wanted me to walk through this and come out of it as a whole rosy. But it was so, I, like I didn't see an end when I was in that place because I was so entangled in these lies. And um, 
Yes, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful that I went through that season too, even though it was definitely not easy. As well as finding freedom and healing myself, I found a greater depth of relationship with God, with people in my life, um, and a clear focus on God's heart for me and for others around me. Um, now I'm going to just share a little bit about what Sarah shared the other week. And um, she shared about Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement. He was an armor bearer. And you may think, what's an armor bearer? So, like, it sounds a bit weird. But, you know, the meaning in the Bible of an armor bearer is an officer selected by kings and generals because of his bravery, not only to bear the armor, but also to stand by them in times of danger. So, in other words, to serve them, stand by them, and have their back. And, you know, that's, that's what Barnabas was called to do, was actually to be an armor bearer, to have, their, have, you know, have someone's back. And so Barnabas saw the best in Saul. So Barnabas was an armor bearer to Saul. Um, when the other disciples were scared, he was willing to put his life on the line. Barnabas made a way for Saul to walk in his destiny. Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, um, his destiny was linked with Barnabas's ability to see the good in him, and he didn't fear for his life. Barnabas wasn't the main man, but if he didn't encourage and make a way for Paul, who knows, Paul may not have walked in his destiny. He didn't care about being the main man. He knew it wasn't about him. We may not be in the position we want to be in or have the title that we want, but that doesn't matter. The point is that we're living for a higher purpose and it's not about us. Being someone who opens the door for destiny for others is so crucial. Being a Barnabas is so crucial. You know, who, who knows what encouragement you could give to someone that will actually help release the call of God on their life. And that's what it's all about, living for a purpose greater than ourselves. How can we live for a purpose greater than ourselves? One way is to encourage one another. And Sarah shared that, you know, encourage one another. This is a practical act of how we can go beyond ourselves and connect with something larger. So encouragement, the definition is to give support, confidence or hope to. Some synonyms with that is to uplift, to inspire, to motivate, to stir up and to give courage to. To encourage someone requires us to take the focus off ourselves and onto someone else to see their potential flourish. So like I said earlier, I'm going to share about focus. And um, the other week I was just um, thinking... It just came to my mind, the, um, this question, where is my focus? And I was just thinking about that and I was like, wow, like where is my focus? And it doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily we've lost our focus, but sometimes we actually can just put our focus slightly on other things rather than on, on God and what he has for us. And focus means the centre of interest or activity, the state, of, state or quality of having and producing clear visual definition. So synonyms for that is focal point, clear, sharp, crisp, well-defined, pivot, cornerstone, anchor, centre. So I'm not a photographer. Ruby Bolin is a photographer. <laughs> but when taking photos, I know that just from what you hear and see, the best result comes when the lens is in focus. So I've got a bit of an example. Dean's going <laughs> to... You may wonder why the heck I have a rifle scope. <laughs> why does he and I, we, we don't have a rifle and we don't need this. Well, funny story is, um, so we went out for my sister's wedding the other, last year and um, there was a young guy who lives up in Queensland who we popped in to see. And um, awesome young man and um, anyway, he uh, wanted to give us a gift as for him it was just, as, I guess for him he just wanted to 
say thank you for everything because he used to come live here, used to come to the youth ministry here. And um, yeah, and he gave us this rifle scope. And Dean and I were like, cool, like, what do we do with that? But like, <laughs> it was a bit random. Um, and then we freaked out because we had to, we were actually on our way to the airport and uh, we didn't know because we don't really know much about rifle scope if you could take it on the plane or like do we have to put it in our luggage and we were working out who puts it in what bag like Dean's like I'm like I'm not putting that in my bag and he's like I'm not putting that in my bag I'm like oh what do we do we're like in this dilemma anyway we put it I, I put it in Dean's bag <laughs> thanks Dean Dean took one for the team um <laughs> put it in his bag and um went through fine and it was all good thank goodness Phew, we're here we're standing here today <laughs> um but I just thought it was really cool um I just thought of it yesterday and I was like what is a rifle scope so I actually looked up you know with the rifle scope so there was when I googled about the rifle scope and if you have a rifle buy a rifle that is awesome a really expensive rifle but you have a really bad rifle scope you may not you you'll still could miss the target. But if you have a really crap, crappy gun, um, but a really good rifle scope, you will hit the target because it actually gives you a clear visual of where you need to shoot so that you can see. And so I just thought that was awesome because I thought, wow, like, you know, a rifle scope has high visibility even at dawn or dusk. Um, and, you know, what could affect your aim and help you take down your game is having a good rifle scope. So we will put that away now. <laughs> um, our focus is magnified and we see things clearer when we have a rifle scope that is of good quality. This means that we see things, um, things we are focused on, even if they're in the far distance. We have a greater aim to hit the target because we are clearly focused on the target and have clear vision. So I'm just going to do a summary story from um, Daniel 3. Um, we did, um, out at Kids Church, we've been doing, um, Helen Monk from Equipus Church in Auckland uh, has done an awesome Kids Church um, lesson plan. And um, Dean and I did the other week, uh, Daniel 3, and was talking about King Nebuchadnezzar and talking about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. But we, we kind of like that last name. We, we just call him Abednego. That's what Dean and I called him. Uh, <laughs> Um, so a recap of that story was, so Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, made an image of gold. King Nebuchadnezzar gathered all his important men to come to the dedication of the idol which he'd set up. The command was given that when the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, um, in, in symphony with all kinds of music, they had to fall down and worship the image. And if they didn't, they would be thrown into the midst of the burning furnace, burning fiery furnace is pretty crazy so three young Jewish men who've been taken captive didn't bow down to the golden image because they knew it was wrong they'd been taken captive and given Babylonian names the reason why they were renamed was because Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to forget where they'd come from and what God had named them their Babylonian names were like I said Shadrach Meshach and Abednego these three young men refused to bow down and stood upright so in Daniel 3, 16 to 18, which should come up there. Yep, awesome. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abagnego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. 
But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. So verse 21, it then goes on and says, These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So in the furnace, these young men remembered their God-given names. Hananiah was one of them, which is God, means God is gracious. Michael, who means who is like God. And Azariah, God keeps him. Verse 24 to 25, it goes on and says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast these three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So Nebuchadnezzar called the three young men out of the fire. When they came out, all of King Nebuchadnezzar's men saw that the fire had no power on their bodies. Their hair was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of smoke was not on them. Which is amazing. So verse 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. King Nebuchadnezzar knew that it was God who saved them. Then the king promoted these three men in the province of Babylon. So we're going to come back to that story, but I'm just going to share three points that I want to just bring on focus. And one is where is our focus? There are so many things that can take our focus. Life is full of things that we can be focused on. And yes, there are always things we need to think about. But it's allowing ourselves to not get so caught up in the things that we need to do that we lose focus of God and the purpose he has for us. We can focus on career, family, finances, relationships, which are all good things. But, we make them the, but if when we make them the goal and strive to fulfill it without giving it to God and trusting that he knows best for us, we never truly feel fulfilled and whole and we just keep wanting more. We'll never truly be satisfied. So with my overthinking thoughts, you know, I know that they would get in the way and take fo- the focus of what it needs to be on. I know that when I started to overthink something and replay it in my mind, it became a distraction from me focusing on what I was doing and even hearing God's voice. You know, where was Nebuchadnezzar's focus? was on the golden idol, on his own kingdom and rule and prosperity, and not on God. And later on in the story, um, I read that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that ultimately ended his rule as king, but God restored it all back to him when Nebuchadnezzar raised his eyes towards heaven and focused on him. So how do we change our focus? Question number two. You know, with overthinking... And the patterns in my mind, I know that I would go into, um, just I'd find it hard to redirect and change my focus on anything other than the thoughts that I was thinking at that time. I would overthink the situation over and over again, hoping that if I went through it over and over, I would find I would come to resolve, which just never came. This is because I was just overthinking and not letting go or even taking the time to recognize the truth from the lie in my mind. I needed to change my focus because what I was doing wasn't helping. And just three practical tools that 
I guess, helped me get out of that pattern of overthinking as well was one, praying. And something I constantly find myself doing is, you know, even though I walked through a season where I would overthink and overthink and overthink and I was struggling, I know that God has brought freedom and brought me out of that place. But I know that, you know, sometimes I will still start to overthink something, but I have tools to help me recognize when I'm overthinking and go, no, where's the truth from the lie? And I find myself, the first thing I go to is just to pray. And there's a verse in the Bible that actually says to take captive thoughts. And I, you know, in those moments, I just pray, God, I just take captive of those thoughts. And then I repent. And, you know, repenting isn't, it doesn't need to be a difficult, confusing thing. It's actually just simply saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for overthinking those thoughts and to let them go and receive his grace. Um, a second tool that, you know, from that point on is to actually interrupt my thoughts and what I'm thinking at the time and to focus on the things I can see and hear around me. And, you know, it's such a practical, that's just a practical thing. Like just bringing myself back to where I am in that moment rather than in my mind and in those thoughts. Um, writing down another thing, another tool that um, I got was, you know, even just to write down my repetitive thoughts. Sometimes when they're in your mind, I would replay them and replay them and replay them so that I would find, and hoping that I would find a resolve at the end of it. But there was no resolve because I was just replaying the same thought. But as I wrote it down, three different things that helped in that moment was actually to work out the three positive interpretations of what I was thinking. Then work out, is this a problem I need to solve? Or is it a problem I don't need to solve? And to come up with solutions, decide on one, and then do it. Um, when I was struggling with my mental health, I overthought so much, and it was a process of undoing patterns that I had over so many years. I let those thoughts control my mind, but God brought healing and freedom and helped me to make choices that I needed to process and let them go. Now that I've come through, if an overthinking thought comes into my mind, it doesn't have the same control because I continue to make the choices that I've learned and, and learn to recognize it for what it is, let it go and move on. And, you know, during that time, I had to make choices as well as God bringing healing, as well as people giving me tools. I had to make the choice to go, am I going to think this thought or am I going to not think this thought? Is this thought truth? Is this thought a lie? And actually start to take ownership really myself and go, no, I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight these lies and God gave me the strength and courage to do that. And, you know, I just encourage you if you are, if you, you know, if you struggle with that, God will give you the strength to be able to walk it out. As we change our focus and take it off those thoughts and put it on God, we see situations clearer. So I was thinking about, as an example at youth, um, this Friday night, there was a young girl who was um, uh, just was talking to her. And I was thinking about how you know, there's moments where if my mind is somewhere else, it's actually not focused on actually creating opportunity to engage and connect with young people or anyone in my world. Like, I know when I'm at work, if I'm overthinking, it's actually really hard to engage and talk with a client because I'm too busy in my own mind. And you can miss opportunities to encourage, you know, like Barnabas, you can miss opportunities to actually speak life into someone. And this young girl um, was just sharing, and it was so cool because she um, came along, doesn't come to youth a lot, and um, a few weeks ago we had a night, which we call our light nights, which we have a band and someone speaking, and um, she said to me last week that she said, I, I wasn't really into this whole God thing, but she said, 
but I don't know, something just changed. And she said, I, I just want to be here every week. And she said, you know, I, so, like, she just, and she started talking about the Light, the youth conference, and she's like, I want to come to Light. And, you know, I could have missed an opportunity to actually stop and listen to her or stop and speak life or, and stop and, and hear. And because if I was distracted and my focus was on my thoughts, I wasn't focusing on what I needed to be focused on. Um, yeah, and I know even um, randomly a few weeks ago at church, one of my, um, a lady came up to me and she said to me, um, she's like, are you Rosemary? And when someone says my full name, I'm like, hmm, who are you? <laughs> Am I in trouble? No. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, she ended up being my cousin that I haven't seen randomly since I was five. Um, and she lives here. Go figure. Anyway, she doesn't come to church, um, but she came because she came with her daughter who goes to a church in Canberra. And um, it was just a cool little connection. And anyway, um, she just started sharing her story. And she retired in January. And her first day of retirement down here, her husband actually passed away, which is huge. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I was, I, um, yeah, I think I didn't in that moment. I was like, wow, that's really, really hard. And I just, I was like, God, like, I want to, how do I connect with this lady? How do I get in her world? And um, anyway, I caught up with her for coffee the other week. And it was so good, like, just to talk life and talk family. And But I know that, you know, when my focus has been on the struggles in my mind, I actually couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't get out and have a coffee with someone and connect and meet them where they're at because my focus was distracted. And people need us. Like, there is a world of people who are in situations, like, I've had clients um, at work, different ones. One, her husband passed away out in the surf Easter weekend. And different things like that, you know, God actually places in opportunities where we can help encourage, even listen. You know, just to listen is actually really important. Like, I know when I've been struggling, just having someone to listen and then encourage has helped me shift my focus and yeah and I just so I just encourage you like God God puts us in positions and gives us opportunities you know to actually speak life and that's what it's all about and you know how do we keep focus by positioning our lives with our focus on God you know this can be a day-to-day thing it can be moment by moment and that's okay because, you know, sometimes, you know, we're only human. We make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, our focus will go somewhere else. But it's just going, God, like, I want to put my focus on you. Just continually shifting our focus back on him. So in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't letting situations around them shift their focus. They were obedient and trusted God even though they didn't know the outcome. As you read, God came through for them in such a crazy situation where they were in a fiery furnace and they didn't get burned and they were still alive, which they should have been burned to death. It's crazy, but God came through. And I'm just going to read from Matthew 6, 31 to 33. And it just says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. When, like, knows that you need them, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And He will give you everything you need. In the Message version, it says, "If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which never even seem, 
even seen. Don't you think that he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And then this next part says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know, give your entire attention to God and what he's doing right now. Be in the moment of where you are at and God wants, he'll use you. He wants to use you in those moments. When we seek him first, put him first, focus on him above all of life's ups and downs, we place ourselves in a position where whatever is happening in our lives, we can trust that the outcome will be taken care of. He's not saying that, you know, it will always look the way we would like. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, some outcomes we may never understand, like losing, you know, losing loved ones or battling with health or different things, you know, we may not ever understand. But when we trust in God, there's a sense of peace and hope and comfort that we can know to help us walk through those moments knowing we're not alone and that God is in control. God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom, to serve and to not to be served. This is living a life fulfilled and, in essence, where true fulfillment is found, living for something greater than yourself. So how do we keep focus? By focusing on God, by seeking Him first. When we're focused on Him, we see and hear clearer. Like I said, you know, in the winter season, we actually can't, we can see and hear clearer God wants to use us to open doors of destiny for others, to live for a purpose greater than ourselves and to see lives changed. So I'm just, um, I'm going to hand it over to Mark in a second, but um, I know I just believe that wherever you are at today, that God wants to bring clarity to your focus. He wants to use you in every situation that you're in. And, you know, some of you might be finding life has been hard and lost focus and purpose. But I want to encourage you that there is a greater fullness of life that God has for you. And as you seek Him first, He will clear your focus for what is ahead. Could we, um, could we just stand and close our eyes? Thanks, Rosie. That was great. Something about closing our eyes sometimes just helps us focus just to center ourselves and recognize that there's a God who loves us and has so many good things for us that he wants to pour into our lives. And part of Rosie's testimony is that sometimes we can't find focus until we're healed. So what I want to say, first of all, is that there is healing for our minds, for our hearts, for the areas that we've been damaged, we've been hurt. And so we're going to pray for a healing just to flow into hearts and lives now. So if you know there's areas where there's been some damage, there's been some things that need to be healed, we're going to pray for a healing grace to flow into every heart, into every mind, into every spirit, into every body, in Jesus' name. Because sometimes we want to seek God first, but our mind takes us other places. Part of what God frees us from is selfishness and the focus on ourselves. And so, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the power of your spirit to bring healing, to bring clarity, 
just to change and shift what needs to change so our hearts and our minds can be fixed on you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And in a minute, we're just going to leave some room out the front here for those that might want some prayer from Rosie, perhaps, or myself, or others, just to stand with you and agree for some healing. But I want to talk a little bit about the power of focus, just to wrap it up for a couple of minutes. James tells us that um, if we lack wisdom, we can ask God and he's going to give it to us. Then it goes on to say this, but if you're double-minded, it's not going to happen. If you lack focus, it's not going to happen. And it says, says a double-minded person, don't, it's not going to receive much from God. So, I just want to say that when we begin to get focus, we begin to get clarity in our hearts and minds. When that begins to happen, it actually means we can begin to receive from God. So as God heals us, the focus comes, and the Bible says when we focus. The opposite of if you're double-minded, you're not going to receive much. The opposite is when we're focused on Him. Seek first the kingdom of God. There's a whole bunch of grace that's going to flow into our hearts and into our lives, and that grace is going to build into us. It's going to do stuff for us. And I just want to finish with a verse out of Jeremiah 29. How good is Jeremiah 29? It's an amazing verse amazing chapter in the bible and we all know verse 11 i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans to prosper you for a future and a hope two verses after this is what it says i'll actually read the whole thing because it's just so good for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you and give you a future and a hope and then you'll call on me focus and you'll come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's promise is when we pursue him single-heartedly with focus, the grace of heaven begins to flow into our lives. And so I'm going to pray for us now on that, that there'll be a grace of heaven. So Lord Jesus, I thank you as you build focus into our hearts and into our lives. Father, as our minds are stilled, as our hearts are recentered on you, that it opens up a channel of grace to flow to every single heart, every single life. In Jesus' name. I actually believe there's some people here this morning that have sensed that like the grace has dried up. It's like there's nothing much flowing from heaven. There's, there's a blockage, there's a barrier, and we speak to that barrier. Now in Jesus' name, we speak to any impediment any obstacle that's stopping grace flowing into lives and hearts, we address it in the authority and the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even now, just release a grace to flow from heaven and that grace is going to carry fresh vision, fresh strength, fresh understanding, fresh, fresh clarity, fresh power, fresh equipping, fresh direction. I believe God wants to speak words of destiny, that that grace is going to flow from heaven into hearts and into lives and unlock some things in hearts and lives today. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power of grace flowing into every single heart, every single life, in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we're going to do is just have a closing song. We're going to leave some space here, just 